Welcome to the Run Report for December 29th, 2022, almost the end of the year. My great, 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 great grandfather, William Bradford. According to family lore, William Bradford, the governor of the Plymouth Colony, later absorbed into the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and a passenger aboard the Mayflower that landed at Cape Cod in 1620, was an ancestor of mine. He was instrumental in the success of the very first English colony in New England, and perhaps the most famous of all the pilgrims that celebrated Thanksgiving with Indians. His diary of the Plymouth Plantation is the primary source of information about the voyage of the Mayflower and early colonial life in New England. Describing the pilgrim's safe arrival at Cape Cod aboard the Mayflower, it reads, Being thus arrived in a good harbor and brought safe to land, they fell upon their knees and blessed the God of heaven who had brought them over the vast and furious ocean and delivered them from all the perils and miseries thereof again to set their feet on the firm and stable earth, their proper element. They're called pilgrims historically, but they call themselves simply the saints. They were of the Puritan brand of Protestantism, having split off from the Church of England, which itself split off from the Catholic Church to accommodate King Henry's desire to get a divorce from his wife, Catherine of Aragon, so he could go after Anne Boylean, who was Catherine's maid of honor, and who he did manage to wed, but later accused of treason, probably because she couldn't give him a son, and had her beheaded so he could go after Jane Seymour, who did give him a son, Edward VI, but then she died from complications after the childbirth. Yeah, it's complicated. Anyways, the Puritans desired a return to a simpler form of Christianity, 
without all the pomp and ritual of the Church of England, which they considered to be heretical, and too much like the Catholic Church, all that stuff not being in the Bible and all. And of course, the Church of England considered the Puritans to be heretical and persecuted the heck out of them, which led to the treacherous 66-day crossing of the Atlantic Ocean in a three-masted wooden sailing ship to start a new life away from the domination of the crown. They finally made Anchorage in Cape Cod on November 21st, 1620, far from their intended destination in the colony of Virginia, and just in time for winter. Only half of the 100 passengers and 30 crew members survived to Sea Spring. And so, why am I telling you all this? Puritanism, as it washed ashore at Plymouth Rock that day, continues unabated. That's why. It can be identified in the modern-day evangelicals and in the Republican Party, where belief in Donald Trump supersedes any logical or moral realities. Whatever you believe to be true is true. Hang the naysayers. It is written. I grew up in this modern day puritanical lifestyle the damage it did to my young mind is irredeemable. Irredeemable, but not irreducible. It amounts to a disordering of natural principles, a scrambling, a bit like an omelet, or maybe a smoothie, of the natural inclinations and processes of a young child's mind. I don't even remember it, really. On the other hand, when I look at the strewn disarray of what I call my life, there is a unique and extraordinary beauty in it. <laughs> Something splendid survived. I've broken away from the Puritan dogma. I wear unmatched socks. My obnoxious humor makes sarcasm unnecessary. And although I have forsaken all that I can of it, much still remains buried deep within the unalterable and tangled synopses of my brain.
My forebears bore much, and the message remains implicit, if not explicit. The Puritans were hardcore Calvinists, and therefore believed the Bible to be the unerring, infallible, and complete revelation of God to mankind. And man, in his natural sinful condition, was condemned to hell and could only be redeemed through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. So you'd better believe it. My father, the Baptist minister, studied all these things and knew them by heart. This world of absolute truth that could fit in a book and a strict code of ethics was like growing up in a closet for me. All I knew was confined and limited to what I believed, and what I believed was limited to what I was told. Every once in a while, someone would open the door and a crack of light would come in and illuminate my musty world. Then it would shut again. And so now the new year is upon us. I guess in a way I'm writing this to expunge the ghosts of that long lineage and start anew. But isn't starting anew really a moment-to-moment -moment thing? I think so. Especially if your brain has been crushed by rote learning, public education, and Christian dogma. But also I'm connecting with my past, my origins, and my source. Those pilgrims were heroic, crammed aboard a ship 100 feet long and 25 feet wide. They fought the prevailing westerlies for two months with their square-rigged three-master. They were headed west. The winds of November were headed east. The main deck of the ship was only five feet high, couldn't even stand up. There was no bathroom. They were running low on provisions due to complications and delays. There was supposed to have been two ships, but one sprang a leak and they all piled onto the Mayflower. And all the while, the stalwart William Bradford kept their spirits up and their hopes alive. When they finally landed, they were almost out of food, but couldn't plant anything in the frozen ground. Without the help of the local Wampanoag people, they likely would have all died of starvation. 
like what almost happened in Jamestown ten years earlier. They repaid the Indians by taking over their lands and all but exterminating them. But that's another story. Here's to the hardy and courageous pilgrims. My people. Stoic. And here's to William Bradford. My great, 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 great grandfather. And his compulsion to write, which resulted in a record and a testimony. I can relate to that. 